Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. Hope you had a great weekend. It was a fun weekend of football. We are now down to the AFC-NFC Championship Games. Atlanta, we do not get to host the AFC Championship Game Mm. now that the Bills have lost, which means the Bengals will travel to Kansas City and, of course, the 49ers are going to travel to Philly. Mike, as we watched the games over the weekend, I kept thinking one thing. I've got hope. I've got hope that... Whatever our system is and continues to be as it develops under Arthur Smith, that the quarterback play can be similar to what we've seen with Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. I only believe that because what Arthur Smith does, guys, is like a one-off of what Shanahan does, right? We want to be balanced. We want to run the football. You're going to have play action. We're going to take our shots, but they're calculated, Mike, and that's what you're seeing with the 49ers. And I'm saying, can Desmond Ritter do what Brock Purdy's doing? Now, I want to believe he can, but I also know, Mike, we don't have the players the 49ers have. See, that's the great debate. Uh, You got one guy's taken, as you guys well know, Mr. Arella. We just talked about how Nick Saban kind of scoffed at his recruitment process. And then you got a guy in Ritter who's played a ton of games. Now, Brock Purdy went on to Iowa State and he played 48 games, and our guy played in 50 games. That's That's a lot of experience. So the argument is, to your point, could Desmond Ritter, who's certainly got the same arm as Brock Purdy, put him in that situation? Could he have been able to process and deliver the football with that insane Cowboys defense and some of the schemes and different looks that he had not seen on tape? That Dan Quinn did a great job. Backwards, da- backwards hat Dan Quinn is good. He is. The offense and the Cowboys, they lost that game because of Dak and the offense and the injury to Pollard. But could Desmond Ritter have handled that situation? No way of knowing. Uh, we know that Purdy's got a couple more games under his belt, but... I'd like to think that with Shanahan, again, it's a little apples to oranges, but could he? I think he certainly has the same level of experience as Brock Purdy if you want to look at it from a baseline standpoint. I mean, just he should hypothetically be able to do some of that. I agree, and, and that is why I'm telling you the system gives me hope. Would I love to have one of these dynamic quarterbacks and a guy that just you just feel like you're comfortable every Sunday? That's where the Bengals are right now. They're comfortable. Right? It's where the Bills are. Yes, Allen got outplayed, but he's still one of the top guys in the league. You can talk about Trevor Lawrence. They're coming. But you feel comfortable. You know we're going to be all right with that spot. He, If we get down, we're going to be okay. We don't know all these things yet about Desmond Ritter because the team hasn't been there. We've been in these close games. We're fighting for our lives. Ritter needed to make a couple of plays. He made some. He didn't make them all. I, I just don't know. But the system mm. gives me hope. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. As we've been talking about this today, 
I've been saying to you guys for the last couple of weeks, and I know many of you are like, well, who are we going to go get? Why would you want to spend money on a quarterback? Are you guys watching these playoffs? Don't you get a sense that you need a dude, you need a guy? And I've said this, Falcon fans. I just don't know if Desmond Ritter is. I hope he is. But, Mike, with my belief about what Arthur Smith is doing and what we believe Desmond Ritter is, I feel like if we cross the board, this could potentially be us in a couple of years. Maybe, Mike, we go get our our Debo Samuel or, or, or maybe we go get our Fred Warner on the defensive side of the football. All those pieces they have, though, is the reason why he doesn't have to do too much. I mean, there's the trans, so the transformative guy, the the dude who just becomes the guy. Everyone says if we redraw the draft right now, Micah Parsons probably goes number one, right? Bosa already was up there at the top, but I mean, we need a we need first off for pass rush. I need a Bosa. I need a Micah Parsons. But as, as we just mentioned, those guys don't grow on trees. What are we going to do where we pick slotted at eight? Got to get the pass rush going. But to your point about the help in the offense. Go get some fear. Some of those things are going to be done through free agency. We're right, going to do maybe right. defensive tackle, free agency, offensive line, maybe through free agency. And then we can, if you, I, I guess you could argue best athlete. But, Carl, you know me, man. I'm banging on the offensive line on the other side for as long as I work with you. Got to get pass rush because every team in there, the Bengals kind of do it through some of their parts, but every other team in there has got elite pass rushers or elite defensive well, players. Well, Hendrickson is their elite guy. Right. They do it with him, and they do it with scheme. I talked about Lou Anarumo earlier, the defensive coordinator. He's brilliant. He's been great all year long for the Bengals. Uh, C-Double says, Dukes, would you be interested in Trey Lance? Uh, I think Purdy is staying out in San Francisco. So do I. I. I don't care what happens from this point on. I think – from Shanahan's standpoint, it makes sense. He's doing everything you're asking him to do. Mike talked about doing some of the things that you didn't expect him to do with reading defenses and fronts, et cetera. Listen, I think Trey Lance will be – he will be trade bait. There's no reason right. for them not to do that and maybe acquire more picks, Mike, to add to their depth, whether they win the Super Bowl or not. So the 49ers, by the way, are not going anywhere. This nucleus of players they have are pretty much all locked up. And now you've wondered, and we've wondered, was it going to be Garoppolo? Was it going to be Trey Lance? Well, it looks like it's Purdy, and he's going to yeah. be there. Now, the thing about Trey Lance, I don't know what he is. I actually have a better idea of what Desmond Ritter is and what Trey Lance is, you know, and, and when Trey Lance has had a chance. Because, he, again, we just said he's got you got 50-some-odd starts from Desmond Ritter at the University of Cincinnati, yeah. and this guy's got, like, what, 12 starts after, after high school. So I just don't see it. I, I mean, Trey Lance has got everything. Everyone, everyone loves Malik Willis and the arm, and he can throw it 100 yards. I, I'm not – that's somebody else's project. I'm going to work with Ritter, and maybe I'll get it off the tree or find another veteran quarterback to back him up. All right, here's my other question for you. Because many of you are saying, Dukes, let Ritter grow into the job. I'm fine with that. How long is that? How long are you willing to let him grow into the job before you go, he's got it or he doesn't? Let me tell you what I think. I think I knew Joe Burrow had it six games in to the Bengals' year when he was a rookie. Right. Six. Then he got hurt, and you went, oh, what's he going to be? And then he comes back and takes to the Super Bowl. Now you fast forward, and they're back in the AFC Championship game. I'm using him as an example. It didn't take long to realize this Josh Allen kid's pretty good. Maybe if he gets coached up, and he did, and you realize he's got it. Mike, I don't need three years for him to grow into the job. No, I mean, like, everybody knew Trevor Lawrence was the slam dunk number one, you know, after winning the championship at Clemson as a freshman. 
And then they got into the typical Jacksonville soap opera and you had a coach who was way out of his depth. You get a real NFL coach in there. Just what Dable has done with the Giants, Peterson did this year with the Jaguars. It's a huge, those are huge steps forward. In the development and the confidence of a quarterback, Giants may franchise tag Daniel. I wouldn't franchise Jones. I think I still think they can find a better quarterback. But Trevor Lawrence, to your point, year two, he belongs. Yeah. You see it. Yep. Herbert, you saw it the first game. Took, now, again, some, some guys screw around like for the Tyrod Taylor thing. They're going to start the backup. Once Herbert got in there, you saw it. You knew it. And now he's the fastest of 14,000 yards in NFL history. You see it. Now, with Ritter... The problem was he needed – if I had gotten those seven games, give me those three games after the loss to Carolina, had you started him in Atlanta against the Bears, against a bad team, that's okay. the play. Okay. That's the play. Then you had the Steelers. There were winnable games. You threw him into the most difficult scenario. Well, I'm not making excuses, but he goes in the Saints game. That's the game, unfortunately, Drake London fumbles. You might have tied or won that game. But I just wish we had had seven games. That certainly be – you and I could have a hell of a better idea what we got. No, I don't disagree. I mean, and coaches said, you know, whether you believe that they, that he was ready or he wasn't ready or they weren't ready to do it at that particular point, the fact of the matter is I'm not waiting three years. I'm not waiting two. I'm going to know after next season, period. One year. And you guys may think that's harsh. No. You may think that's over overreacting. I'm just telling you, it's, it's not going to take long. Eight games in the next season. We're going to know. You're going to feel really good about it, whether we're winning or losing. Because it doesn't, again, it doesn't always equate to dubs how this guy plays and what he does on the field. It's those moments, Mike. It's delivering the ball when it needs to be delivered. It's those tight windows. It's throwing the ball down the field. It's making the right decisions and not turning it over. And you're going to go, as a Falcon fan, I believe this. Eight games in next year, you're going to go, I don't believe this. And you're going to be talking to us about what do we need to do because everything else around him should be getting better. Now, Arthur Smith knows the game plan. We're not privy to the tape and where he's supposed to go with the decisions he makes. Sometimes the best decision you make is the decision, in Dak Prescott's case, maybe not cutting it loose. Maybe just run the football, get five yards and slide as opposed to turning the ball over. He only gave you what? two? The two turnovers were lost snaps. And you could chalk that up to an experience or finding the mesh with his new center. Okay. But the guy didn't throw any interceptions. He threw two. He could have had three touchdowns in four games. So, I mean, I get, it's – and what you and I said earlier, I think it's, it's even more so for guys who didn't hear it. It's so hard to be a fan not in the mix right now when you see all these teams that have all the things that you don't have, all the things you haven't had for five or six years. Right. Pass rush, solid defense, playmakers, quarterbacks with confidence, swagger, and attitude making unbelievable plays. Hopefully Ritter can become that, but I'm with you. The leash is short because be, if we don't go to the playoffs next year, that's six years without a trip to the postseason. That's forever. That's forever. Come on. But, but real quick, Fontenot's got to get this right. Arthur Smith and Dean Pease, now Pease is moving on, they really did make lemonade out of lemons. Certainly you could have argued individual plays, should have done this against the Saints in you know, the first week, yada, yada. We're still a team that was going to be under 500. Fontenot has got to nail this. Fontenot has got to get, you're talking about, look, everybody now is saying Howie Roseman because he deserves it. They've stripped down a Super Bowl team and, went, and are going back to the Super Bowl in less than five years. That's unbelievable. It is, and they fired their coach. And they fired their coach. Now that was a power struggle within the organization, but nevertheless, when you do all of those things, the pressure's on you, Mike, to get right. it right. Roseman's gotten it right. And not one time. He's gotten it right on a lot of different things. And then makes the right trades. Yep. It's huge. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. If you'd like to join us, the 49ers, right? Kittle, Samuel, Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. Right. Hands down. They have the best linebacking core. And this is what Mike's talking about. Fred Warner was a third-round pick in 2018. Third round. 
Dre Greenlaw, right, who almost picked off Dak to end the game yesterday, a fifth-round pick in 2019. These guys are not all first and second rounders. Aziz, right, their third linebacker, Mike, Mm -hmm. Al Sharper, he was undrafted in 2019. This is what we're talking about. When I, when I hear guys go, well, you know, we got to draft. It's not always about what you get in the draft. It's always sometimes about how you evaluate guys outside your organization. And you go, he's a stud. We're going to bring him in. We believe in him. The Eagles have a bunch of guys like this on their defense too. Right. This is the kind of stuff. Linebacking core, there's no better linebacking core in the league than the 49ers right now. Period. Eagles may have the best defensive front, but that's how they got there, man. It doesn't mm. take – First and second round picks every year to say that's how we're going to build this thing up. Get the right guys. Yeah, but you know, again, we it's such a strange concept for Falcon fans because of everything that we did to ourselves, all the self-inflicted cap wounds, drafting the wrong players, doubling down on players, picking up a fifth-year option for Vic Beasley, all the things that, you know, you can't come back to blow up in our face. So we're scarred. Giving a, giving a contract extension to Desmond Trufant because you got to validate the fact you drafted him and you moved up to get him. These are all things which hopefully will not happen with Fontenot because you're right. The reason Fontenot was hired, you just touched on it, was ability to get those guys, those middle-of-the-road free agents who fit your system, can improve your football team, and that's great, and hopefully we'll continue to do that. But you talk about the Eagles. They got one of the best defensive lines in football. What do they do? They draft Jordan Davis. So now when Fletcher Cox moves on, they plug in the next guy. That's a a strategical plan. That's thinking like a chess game moves ahead, and that's why they're going to maybe, I mean, this this matchup – so hard to handle who's going to do what. But 49ers-Eagles is going to be an unbelievable defensive matchup. 404-741-0929. Follow Mike. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put Him Up. See Dukes. The radio show is Dukes and Bell 929. And, of course, follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on. We're back on Twitch, so make sure you check us out there. And, again, that's at 929 The Game on Twitch TV. You can check us out. We're on the gram as well. Coming up, we're going to talk about the games. What was the most impressive thing we saw all weekend? We're going to tell you. Arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. It is Dukes and Bell. By being in the NFC playoff or the NFC championship game, Brock Purdy is now, Mike, he's going to be the fifth rookie to start in an NFC championship game. I want to give you this because this will be a trivia question sometime down the road. Sean King, as a rookie, Lost to the Rams back in the NFC Championship game back in 1999. On the famous catch-no catch on the AstroTurf. Steelers rookie Ben Roethlisberger lost to the Patriots 41-27 in the AFC Championship game in 2004. Good pull. Okay. Joe Flacco was also a rookie who lost to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game in 2008. Mark Sanchez was the Jets Mm. quarterback. Who lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship right. game? He beat the Chargers in the divisional round that year. But what I'm telling you is, this is Brock Purdy's NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. None of those guys advanced to the Super Bowl. All were rookies. All were playing in NFC or AFC Championship games. Brock Purdy's going to be the fifth guy to do it now. Mm-hmm. And you got to go play that Eagles defense. You know what's interesting? Almost every one of those quarterbacks played with a lights-out defense as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks. that was the forerunner, obviously, until they made the trade. Then eventually Brad Johnson becomes the guy. But that's that's really interesting, man. Sean King out of what? Tulane. Correct. 11-6 yeah. 11, 11 Rams team. They lost to an 11-6 Rams team. I just put that out there to say, as good as he's looked, the odds of getting to the Super Bowl, there you go right there. That It's still very difficult as a rookie right. to overcome – what what the odds are about getting there, even when you have a great team. And all those teams are really good. 
I mean, the Flacco yeah. team. And Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and all those guys. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were stacked. All right, Mike, with that said, let's answer some of the questions we were worried about going into the weekend. We wondered if Josh Allen could protect the ball. Mike, he did, but he didn't play great, did he? Yeah, and how much of that was just on the Bengals? I know we, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the – the wide receiver shot, you didn't see it. Diggs kind of throws a little nutty near the end of the game in the second half because he's not getting the rock and they're not moving the ball down the field. Josh Allen, I mean, he he was, you could argue, rather inconsistent from the middle part of the season on at times. Remember, he had the wobble, looked like he corrected it. The Minnesota game was one that was kind of a head-scratcher at times. And I just thought Cincinnati just got him so out of rhythm. I really thought, the, I mean, everyone thought Buffalo at home, that's an unbeatable combination. And it just, they looked complete. I gotta be honest, you said it earlier. It looked from about the first 10 minutes in, the Bengals were never gonna lose control of this game, and they didn't. One other thing we were worried about, or at least we questioned last week, can the Bengals' offensive line hold up? Mike, can they survive? What did you think about what they were able to do? Remember, we talked on Friday, all the injuries, already a starter out. So three backups technically in the, in the key positions. And then you could argue, Carl, I mean, the human factor, the want to, feeling disrespected that everybody's plugging in the uh, a, you know the AFC Championship here in Atlanta with Buffalo taking on Kansas City. They out-physicaled the Bills in their building, in the snow. Those guys, guys, if you didn't watch, I mean, they were physically beating them at the point of attack. Pirine, Mixon, those guys were getting big yards every time they touched the ball. We wondered if Kansas City's defense would be good enough. Would they hold up? Mike, they went by seven. I know they didn't cover. I know. But the defense is still a question mark for me. And, by the way, they've had their issues with the Bengals. Uh, I just told Mike, the spread, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, it was Kansas City by one and a half when we came in here at 2 o'clock. They're saying that moved, Mike, already that the Bengals are now mm. going to be the favorite on the road against Kansas City. Yeah. You said this. You think it's going to be a pick'em? I thought it'd be a pick'em, but now it's, if the money's already moving today on Monday, they could be a one to a one and a half point favorite because every, everyone's going to be on Cincinnati because everyone's going to see the high ankle sprain to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no doubt. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game we wondered if the Cowboys would choke it away. They didn't necessarily choke it away, but Dak didn't get the job done. Mike, flat out, he was outplayed by Brock Purdy in this game. Yeah, I mean. Bad decisions with the football, and, and like Greg Olson was on the play-by-play saying that he just didn't know where. He said Dak's got to pull that one in because the receiver was not – if it's a curl, he's not curling as far down the field where the, the defender was. And then if you go back and look at them, was the fourth quarter, Dak nearly throws a third interception. So he was not great, and I thought Kellen Moore, it's almost like they blanched <clears throat> once they lost Pollard when Pollard got his, uh, his leg broken. Yeah, that was that – was, he's going to have surgery, guys. You feel bad for him because, again, they had to make a decision on him, I think, the decision is easy. He's going to be a free agent. We'll see where he ends they up. They're going to release Elliott? I think they're going to restructure him. Because he's still making a lot of money. He Ezekiel is. Elliott's making a lot of loot. He is. I think they're going to restructure him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll have a choice. But, but how much of this, and then you and I talked about it for guys who missed it earlier, in addition to you know Dak, Dak goes from his best game, looked like he was totally dialed in a week ago against Tampa Bay, to kind of the guy that you think, man, are we really going to win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott as our quarterback? I'll tell you who they're never going to win a uh, Super Bowl with. It's Mike McCarthy as their head coach. Well, you and I talked about it while it was going down. You got you got a chance to get two timeouts before the two-minute warning. They have no idea what they're doing. They, they waste about 25 seconds. They finally get their punt team out there. And then eventually, Carl, they got to try to go down the field from the five-yard line with no time on the clock. And that's on Mike McCarthy. He totally lost poise as head coach. Yeah, I thought you had three timeouts there. You knew you were going to punt it away. Call a timeout, 245. You punt it away. You still had the two-minute warning to be used as a potential timeout situation. So you would have been left with two. You get the stop. You get the ball back. You still find yourself in that situation. But maybe you've got an additional 30, 35 seconds left on the clock. 
It didn't play out that way, and it's two years in a row now, Mike. You can point the finger and say, that's a blunder that's on the head coach. That is your issue. Mm. He tried to explain it today, by the way, um, or yesterday, when they were asking him about you know that situation, and, and he, he laid it out from his perspective. It just didn't make that much sense. As far as Dak is concerned, it's year seven. This isn't year three. And when you start talking about where a guy should be at this point in his career and the progressions that he should have gone through or, or, or where he should be in his, his quarterbacking life, it's a valid question to say for Cowboy fans, mm. you've already paid him. Now you can't have buyer's remorse. So either two things happen, Mike. You get somebody like, I don't know, Sean Payton to come in and coach him up and make him a better player as far as the decision-making because he was just too inconsistent this year. And I personally believe he's in his head. You saw it when he was throwing those interceptions yesterday. When the ball snapped, and I, I used this example uh, earlier in the show, when I said Joe Burrow immediately gets rid of it. Ball snapped, chase is open, I'm throwing it. Dak was ball snapped, right, look left, look middle, <laughs> look left, I'm going to throw it. Mike, that's too much time. He's too late on these throws. And so I think he was in his head, and his progressions were too slow. And and DBs are too good for that. Man. And I got to be honest, you know, Bosa for all the things we you know we talked about, we said, wow, they're really going to crank up the blitz. If you go back and you look at the game itself, just one sack by the 49ers. So the Cowboys' defense more than held their own, but he just made bad, bad decisions. Now, conversely, Brock Purdy talked about it. Your buddy, uh, Brian Baldinger, breaks it down. One of all these breakdowns. So catch In the Huddle, the podcast, wherever you get your podcast with uh, you and Lock and Far on that one. But they were talking about him looking at stuff, Dan Quinn came up with some looks that were not on tape for the uh, for the 49ers to look at. And Purdy made the adjustment, made the right decision, got the ball out. On the big, amazing juggling throw to Kittle, that's like the third or fourth option in the route. I mean, he's, like, he's going through his progressions, throws him in the middle of the field, which you're not supposed to do. And then Kittle, I heard Randy Mack talk about this today. Randy said 10, 15 years ago, he'd be dead. They would have just came oh, right yeah. across and decapitated him. But now, so worried about targeting. And the other thing is Diggs, if we're honest, kind of like Dion. Like all that contact. Oh, yeah. So he whiffs totally on that tackle as yeah. Kittle is pop, 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 making the catch. Well, it was a heck of a catch. I mean, how many, tight ends, how many tight ends or wide receivers in this league make that catch to begin with? Even give themselves a chance to tip it up, get, maintain the, the control, Mike, and the, uh, the, uh, the, the you know, concentration to make that catch. I thought that catch was unbelievable to sustain that drive. You know, we also wondered, Mike, about the, the Giants and what they were going to be. We finally saw them get humiliated and disposed of by the Eagles. We wondered if Purdy would hit a wall. He hasn't. He's playing great. We wondered if the Jags would be too emotional coming off the win that they had the week before. They weren't. They played well in that game against Kansas City. They just didn't make the plays. There were probably two plays, Mike. The Jags are within score. They're right. about to score, and they fumble it away. So, you know, you talk about these plays that are made in these games, man. It's just this much between winning and losing. And then there's one we really didn't focus on because there wasn't much to focus on, and that was the Giants. And you and I, we did get this one right talking about it at Twin Peaks last week, the fact that, hey, it's good to see Daniel Jones get a confidence builder, plays one of his best games in a playoff win against Minnesota. But Minnesota's defense is so bad, so mediocre, if nothing else. You go into Philadelphia on the road with that Eagles defense, and they just completely just dominated. There was nothing the Giants could do, even with Saquon Barkley. No, they were outmatched. They're just simply outmanned. I mean, listen, it's not a secret the Eagles beat them twice this season, and then you get into the playoffs, and the Eagles get their quarterback back completely healthy in, in you know, Jalen Hurts, and you see what he was able to do. So that, that wasn't a fluke. They were just simply a better team, and they had been a better team all year long. Jeffrey Anderson says, uh, Dukes, Dak ain't hitting on blank. And he puts Mike on there. It's Mike Bell, ATL. If you're a Cowboy fan or you watch this play out, listen, it's, it's, you have every right to be frustrated. But 
you know, to hear Mike McCarthy is safe. That's what Jerry said yesterday, oh. that he's safe. I don't understand this, Mike. You, you, you have a Super Bowl-caliber roster. Right. The coach has to be changed. That's, that's the thing with the Cowboys. And everybody's going to say, well, McCarthy didn't lose this game. Baloney. The hell he didn't. He's an island. Kellen Moore, I begin. What these guys see in Kellen Moore, yeah, they put up big numbers against some bad teams in the uh, NFC East for That's a couple right. of years. That's right. And then Kellen Moore is the next big thing. Please, Jerry, jo- I'll say it again. I think I say this to you every year. The Cowboys will never get, not saying win, they'll never get back to the Super Bowl as long as Jerry Jones and his son Steven are calling the shots. He's hit on some offensive linemen. He certainly hit on Micah Parsons, but totally. The biggest mistake, if you look at Jerry, for my money, his stewardship of the Cowboys, is you hold on to a guy like Jason Garrett five years too long. Yeah, you yeah. waste your time. You waste the window with Romo. Then you waste much of Dak's career. You bring in Mike McCarthy, an uncompelling hire from the jump. And then this guy acts like he's never coached a football game in the biggest moment of the game against the 49ers. J- Jerry, he wants a guy who's not going to mess with personnel. Sean Payton could fix this team in two minutes. And get because you just need the quarterback to get fixed and take it over the top. Quinn has built a hell of a defense. Now, if Quinn leaves, Cowboys are going to be they're going to be screwed. A lot of people are saying they should just jump Dan Quinn to head coach right now. I'm not sure knowing Quinn the way we know, unless he's learned some lessons. Would you do that? Well, listen, I, I, I can only judge him for what he did here in Atlanta, but I also think when you get fired, you got to do some self evaluating. By the way, Dan Quinn's not running that defense like he ran here. No, he's doing different things. He is evolving. Okay, so I would love to tell you that they're not going to get any better than we had, but that'd be unfair to Dan Quinn. I do think, Mike, he's probably learned from some lessons. You don't take it all on. You don't try to do everything. You you don't tell, you know, make these promises that he made when he was here. I don't know if he'd be better, but I'm not going to judge him solely on Mm. the fact that I don't think he's learned anything else. Here is uh, Jerry Jones talking about Mike McCarthy. No, 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 not at all. And um, uh, their decision to... For the, our kicker was exonerated with his uh, field goal in my mind, and uh, I'm proud for him. Uh, but uh, this is uh, this is very uh, sickening to uh, not win tonight. <laughs> the game was in your reach. You needed some plays to be made. Some offense. You needed to come up with some. Pollard goes out. You got to pivot. You still got to. I mean, like whatever Ezekiel Elliott's got left, you still got a serviceable running back. Figure it out. I yeah. tell you what, Jerry's never going to give up. He is going to look like uh, Mr. Burns from Family Guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, from uh, Simpsons. <laughs> He'll be Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. And again, he may be, I don't know, Carl, he might just be a hologram at the point, or he could be a sentient intelligence. I don't know. Maybe I heard uh, Andy Bunker say today it'll just be Jerry's head on a robot by the time the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. It, it might be. Uh, you got to wait another year, <laughs> Cowboy fans. 27 years, by the way. Last time mm. uh, you're talking about them, you know, Look, doing it. Jimmy Johnson built it. Barry got one with Jimmy's team, and it's never been the same ever since. All right, we got more to dive into, including who's to blame. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We'll talk about it next. Dukes and Bell. Ezekiel Love says, Dukes, why are fans always trying to replace Ritter? Guys, we only have a four-game sample size. I don't think fans are trying to replace Ritter. I think fans like us, me and you, Mike and I, are trying to figure out exactly what this is going to be and what we have. He says, uh, Zeke says, I don't get it. He's a leader. Hmm. He wasn't lost. He's, He's got what it takes. Listen, you know the only person who really knows that? Well, maybe two people. Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot. Because Arthur Smith has to go to Terry Fontenot and go, we're good. Terry's got to know we're not looking for a quarterback. And the only way he knows that is if the head coach says, we're good. If you feel that way, I don't necessarily feel that way, Zico. I don't know. I'm not being negative. I'm not trying to drag the kid through the mud. I want to see him excel. Listen, the sooner he gets better, the better off we'll be. Okay? As a team, as an organization, But I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys in the month of January 2023 that all of a sudden I know and have all the answers for Desmond Ritter. In the four games I saw him in, was he capable and comparable, Mike? Yes. I mean – I, I felt, you know, it's a tough spot to put him in. Like, I, I can't go back to it because the ship has sailed. We should have probably rolled him against the Bears at home. That would have been a much easier way to start your NFL career. Put him there in the Saints. He's still in your position, despite the ups and downs, a chance to at least maybe hit, kick a tie field goal, maybe win the game if Drake London doesn't, you know, have the ball stripped on him. I mean, that was a position to win. He threw, what, two? Should have been three because we had the one drop in the end zone. So two touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers there. Did fumble some snaps. But as we said, the reason, and I think it's it's kind of just amps it up, is you see a young guy like Trevor Lawrence in year two, and the the switch is going right. on. They got the right coach for him That's in right. Peterson. You see Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow, it, as we said, it's like a Joe Burrow love fest because what's not to love? The guy's got the swagger, the attitude. He just The guy's killing it. And what he just did up there in Buffalo, that's pretty darn impressive. And then you say, well, where are we? Is Ritter going to take a big leap next year? I'm with Carl. I, I don't think I'm going to give Desmond Ritter more than a year. I mean, guys, we got to move here. This franchise, if they don't win next year with Desmond Ritter, then Arthur Smith's on the hot seat into year four, and everything else starts to amp up for Terry Montano too. So I'm with you. Nothing against Ritter. Has nothing to do with what he did or didn't do, but we've got to get things going here, and everyone's going to be waiting to see if we still draft a quarterback one way or the other. Kevin Saunders says, fellas, curious. Is it confirmed that Terry Fontenot has final say on personnel? If so, I agree he must nail it. If not, then he gives the emoji like, uh-oh. Mm. 
We have heard from Arthur Smith on this show numerous times. We talked to him, and from our understanding, and even Terry Fontenot in, in the, you know, the, the times that we get him, he doesn't talk during the season a whole lot. So, But the times that we've had him, we continue to hear this is a collaboration. So what does that mean? Does that mean that Terry Fontenot is drafting these guys ultimately with the advice of you know, the scouting staff and the pro personnel staff and all the, the, the college? Yes, right. with the blessing of Arthur Smith to say, yes, I like this guy and this is what we need to do. So I'm telling you, Kevin, that is the case. Listen, I want to give Terry Fontenot the respect he deserves. I've heard some people say, well, he doesn't have decision-making problems. Yes, of course he does. Rich McKay. No, 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 no. no. And there are other people in the organization that are – it's not true. Respect him. Respect what he's done and respect the fact that he's making the decisions. Mike, Terry Fontenot's got the final say. That's where I'm at. He's going to make these calls. We're going to draft the people he says. And at the end of the day, he's going to be responsible. Arthur Smith's going to sign off on it. That's where I'm at. Now, you got Richie Grant. You know, he's probably from that draft class aside from Pitts. You know, the guy that you feel pretty good about. Mayfield was a complete bust. Darren Hall is not good. Dahlman has had a chance to start this year. Taquan Graham is in the rotation. Ogan Deji's in the rotation. Avery Williams, Frank Darby. You know, you go back to this year, Schaefer did not get the starting lineup. He's not ready yet. Maybe Schaefer takes a big leap. It would be a hell of a thing for the franchise if Schaefer could take the leap from Georgia, national champion a year ago, to be a starting guard in this uh, in the NFL. Algier, 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, we're talking all-rookie team, Carl. Okay. D'Angelo Malone had some moments. Ritter, as we said, we just discussed. Troy Anderson certainly looks like he's got all the tools you need. But then again, it wasn't like he – you know, burst on the scene like a guy like Micah Parsons, because only Micah Parsons has done that. This guy's going to have a future with the Falcons. And that, well, the point I'm getting to is Drake London, Ebicady. Ebicady was that second tier of edge rusher, didn't get 10 sacks, but no, not many guys in that bracket did. And then we like Drake London. It just took half the season to get Drake London involved on a regular basis. So I just gave you the, all that we know about Fontenot's drafts. Because of the cap hell, I think a lot of Falcon fans feel he had to nail all of those, which is never going to happen. It's a 50-50 proposition at best. But he's got to kill it this year or do better than 50%, doesn't he? I think so. Not um, all worry about players that never coach, Jeff. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but there's, there's pressure here. This is, I think, maybe it's, we're, I'm going to put you in this. I'll blame me. We've been selling the narrative, if we can just get through this crap and come out the other end, that now it's going to be wine and roses, okay? <laughs> the big rock candy mountain and everything's going to be great. It's only great if we nail the free agent class and draft impactful players. Otherwise, we're still going to be not in the playoffs. Sorry to be a buzzkill. I'm just telling you. Because you watch all the things we don't have in the playoffs this weekend. And you're like, we don't have that, and I don't have that, and I want some of that. Jovan Lugo says, uh, we can fix this defense. Offense can be fixed later. Oh, if- what, what? We're going to fix it? I mean, we're going to fix this defense. One of the worst defenses in the league. Offense can be fixed later if Ritter doesn't pan out. Again, what world are you living in? Okay, that's three more years of us not going to the playoffs. It is. I mean, this is where I disagree. I mean, like, this is this is a big deal when you talk about you know or you have to know. Um, we still don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be, number one. Right. Right? That, that, that's got to give me some confidence um, in the hire there. Number two, to Mike's point, from a talent standpoint, you know, I just told you guys earlier this hour, mm-hmm. look at all the talent on the defense for the 49ers or the Eagles. Go look at it. It's stupid. We didn't, we don't, we're not even close to that. And, you know, then you can go look at the Cowboys who are really good defensively. Okay, Then you can go look at the, the Bengals who you might disrespect, but they're really good defensively. I just – we're not there at that level with the personnel, Mike. And, and maybe that is the building blocks that we're going to pick up, you know, on this year that you're talking about mm-hmm. where he's got to hit it out of the park. 
if we're going to get a star linebacker or star safety or corner to go along with AJ and you know another big stout defensive lineman, in addition to what you might do in free agency, all of that has to work is what we're saying. We just – I'm tired of waiting. I know. I know. And remember, guys, Rashawn Evans, Lorenzo Carter, those guys are making less than $2 million this year. That was literally bargain basement guys. Other teams did not pick up their their last year or decide to re-sign them. And does the new defense of Carl's point. I'd like to know what we're doing is the new D.C. So yeah, Rashawn Evans, that guy can be a stud in – you know, you look at Foyer. Now, does Foyer make all the plays and tackles for loss? No, but Foyer is, is he's a guy that's a human tackling machine for Jacksonville. That's another byproduct of the stupid situation with the cap. Here we draft the guy in the fifth round from Yale, develop into an NFL starter, and then we say goodbye because we can't afford him. Same thing that happened with Devondre Campbell. Now, Carl, we got, if you cut and you move on from Mariota, which they will, we're north of $80 million in cap space. It is the draft that really can change the entire future of this franchise and the free agency or the offseason that can change the tra- trajectory for this team. All right, so, Mike, I just, just want to put this in perspective. It's Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, coming up, 6 o'clock, we'll get you caught up on the top stories. Also, Grant McCauley is going to join us. Braves this weekend, uh, if you missed it, and I know a lot of people made it out there, Mike, to, mm. to the festival, uh, Braves Fest, and, and enjoyed seeing the players and getting autographs signed. It's always weird, right, when guys move mm. on. No Dansby out there, but, hey, our guy is going to join us, uh, Grant McCauley, to talk about all things mm. Braves. We're about a month away from spring training, so that's going to happen at 620. But, yeah. but how many sacks did we have this year total? We went up to what? Was it, was it 20? 20, 21, I believe. Total. The Eagles- from 18. From the previous year. Only, I think, the, only the Bears had less than us. We're the bottom at 20. All right. And I just want to, you know, when, when I see Javon Lugo say the defense can be fixed, I just want to put this in perspective. The Eagles had five sacks of Daniel Jones over the weekend. Yeah. It's 70 sacks in a freaking season. 75, to be precise. And they're the only team in NFL history to have how many guys, Mike, with double-digit sacks? Four. It's never happened. That's on another level. <laughs> right. Okay. Here we are struggling for 21, and I'm telling you, as a team, they had – this includes the playoff mm-hmm. game – 75. They had five against Daniel Jones, and that's a pretty good offensive line. Right. We had 21 sacks. For those who haven't followed, we're coming off of, uh, you know, 18, we're the worst – we're one of the worst teams in the last – ever since 17. The last four years, we're the worst teams as far as sacks, getting pressures, tackles for loss. That's – We don't do that. We're not in the the get-the-quarterback-on-the-ground business, which, if you look at our season, is a testament to how good Dean Pease was. He was great. Eight games out of the ten we lost, less than a touchdown margin of victory for the other team, so we're in every game. He was great. He really was. I mean, I took him for granted when he got here because he was popping off trying to protect his players when they hadn't done anything, but ultimately his run here was really good considering the talent he had. All right, we're coming back. We're going to talk about the top stories of the day, including, oh, he choked it away. (laughs) Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 